Welcome to a special edition of the Half Hill Report. I'm your host, Tosh Mafuni, and in this very special edition, I am so excited to be talking to actual royalty and a close personal friend of the famous Gen Greymane himself. Baron Taman Christoph Longfellow. Baron, welcome, welcome, welcome to the Half Hill Report. Well, thank you very much. Uh, uh, one slight correction, well, several slight corrections. Actually, it's it's nobility, not royalty. And it, it's baronet, which is actually a step below baron. Uh, and I'm not, I wouldn't say I was a close personal friend of Gen, uh, His Majesty. Um, we've met like four times, possibly. Uh, but yeah, aside from that, yes, correct, quite correct. Oh, uh, okay. So, uh, baronet. Yes. Ba- baronet. Basically, the that, lowest that, level of nobility. So that's kind of like a smaller, smaller baron. A, a lesser baron. Yes. A lesser. Yeah, because you're 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 big. I mean, are you, are you big for the average worgen? Or I mean, you're pretty good size. I mean, I'm a pandaren. Well, I, av- yes, I would say it was average. But uh, for example, a, a baron would have a, a barony or a fiefdom that they would be in charge of. And uh, ours was like four houses. It really wasn't that big of a deal. Four? Mm-hmm. No. Uh, were any, uh, was I assume one of them was what, a, a palace, lots of servants, that, that kind oh. of thing? No, uh, it was a, a mediocre house, really. I mean, it was very nice. It was very well appointed. My mother was a seamstress, and she kept uh, always had nice draperies and curtains and things, and lovely little tablecloths and whatnot. But that's basically what she she was more the aspiring aristocrat than my father. Uh, oh, oh, I, you know, I never. Really pictured royalty having a job, seamstress. Interesting. So this was this was in so this house, all four of your houses, uh, they were they were in. Well, you know, before I get into that, I should explain how you and I met. Uh, <laughs> we were uh, just for the listeners. You and I, uh, I happen to be in Half Hill Market, uh, working with the volunteers. Uh, handing out food and other supplies to the refugees uh, from the Vale, and uh, Baron uh, Baron Taman was there. Baronet, Baronet, I'm sorry, uh, Baronet, uh, Baron Taman was there, uh, and we struck up a, a, a bit of a conversation, an acquaintanceship, and uh, I was very excited. I, you know, royalty, uh, nobility, uh, you know. Yeah, I I know that now. Um, You know, royalty and close personal friend of of getting. Yeah, I know that. I know that now too. But it's not royalty. It's nobility. It's not the same thing. Nobility. Nobility. (laughs) Yes, we're going on a little journey of discovery for me. Very well. Very well. (laughs) And uh, and uh, uh, you you know, fascinated. Uh, I've never really had any kind of an acquaintanceship uh, with a uh, with a worgen. And uh, I asked you to come on the show, and you very graciously agreed. So thank you. Most welcome. I'm very honored to be here. Now, uh, just out of curiosity, what and we didn't really get into this when we met. What what brought you to Half Hill? 
Well, <clears throat> actually, I uh, was also looking for uh, supplies for refugees. Ours, however, are from Gilneas. Uh, my, really? my my regiment, uh, the Grey Templars, we are a, a still standing regiment from Gilneas, and it is our, one of our charges is to help the um, Gilnean refugees to resettle and sustain themselves until Gilneas can be reclaimed. That is wonderful. That is, I, I, I assume it's a regiment, so this is a military unit, I assume? Largely, yes. We do have a civilian component, but yes. I see. I see. Are, are you, do you hold a, um, do you hold an officer's position there? I, I, in, in I the do. Regiment? I am, I am the, uh, the diplomat, the, um, I am an ambassador, emissary. I, my technical title is arbiter, but I function, <clears throat> these these radishes they have over here at this stall are quite spicy. Oh yeah, yeah. I should have warned you. I yes. should. Have. I saw you buying them, and I didn't say anything, and I probably should have. Well, it's... Would, would, do, do you want me to get something from the bar downstairs? You want me to? Oh, do you want anything? Um, no, I should be fine. Thank you. Okay. All right. But, very good. Um, yes, we have. Uh, I'm not quite in the military structure. I'm sort of off to the side. Uh, we have uh... our we have our medical uh, branch, which is responsible for big surprise medical stuff um uh, but uh, the 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 greatest portion of it is the military uh there is the uh, the actual military branch there is the uh kind of the information gathering branch the more uh, uh support based where a lot of our uh, spies uh, work from but spies well we have a few uh, they <laughs> we've had spies well, for a if while if you were if you were one would you tell me i guess no that would kind of blow the whole spy thing wouldn't oh, it oh absolutely i would yeah, tell I you <laughs> so so you said uh arbiter i, I want to make sure it's not arbiter at it's it's no, definitely it's arbiter. Full arbiter, okay yes okay i don't i don't i don't want to get that wrong and it's not officer at i mean it's you know Correct. okay I, I i just want to make sure we get that straight so you were here in half hill uh looking for uh looking for supplies uh for uh gilnas that's wonderful mm-hmm. do, do you still uh, uh maintain any of your home is your you know your family maintain their homes there in Gilneas your your mom your mother your father sadly no all of that is long past ah well of course yes I I am aware Gilneas had its uh had its uh issues uh very very tragic there so so no no family uh remaining there for you Uh, you you make your residence elsewhere in in Azeroth now uh, yes, largely I stay in um, Stormwind most of the time when I'm not traveling back and forth to Amber Mill, where most of our um, refugees are currently staged. Now, as uh, so, so you make your residence in in Stormwind uh, as nobility, not royalty. Are, are you granted any uh, privileges? Do you get to stay in Stormwind Keep? Do you, what do you, what's your living situation there in Stormwind? I suppose that if I wished to push it, I could, but, um, when I was very young, I really didn't like sleeping in my own bed either. I, uh, really, well, as a druid, you, you find that if you can turn into a cat and find a nice sunbeam to lay in, you don't need a bed. So, oh, now, okay, that's now that's interesting. 
so you are a worgen obviously mm-hmm. uh and uh, very handsome by the way i oh I, I i've seen worgens i've seen worgens uh never really had a chance to strike up an acquaintanceship i've never really seen a uh coat of quite that color uh, what what do you call that what is that that it's it, oh, it's this, quite striking. I mean, this, it's very striking. Well, for 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 a gray, yes. It, it, the the particular color, I believe, my mother used to refer to it as dove. Oh, well, it's 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 very striking. It's very striking. Thank you. Um, and uh, uh, but so where was I going with that? I remember now. Um, the uh, so you are a worgen. So by nature, you shapeshift from human form to worgen form but as a wait, but by the way as far as that goes what is your preference i mean right now you're in your worgen form but do you is that your preference or very much so yes that is that is your preference do you ever find any disadvantages uh sometimes doors can be difficult to get through Ah, I can see that. I can see that. Tailoring to you. Basically, you have to keep two wardrobes worth of clothes, don't you? Mm-hmm. Ah, interesting. But I'll keep getting back to the point I was going to. So you shape shift essentially as a as a worgen, but as a druid, you have the ability to shape shift as well. That's a that's a lot of shape shifting. How do you how do you handle that as as far as like holding on to any kind of a personal identity uh does that is that a struggle is that uh, not, not really is that for just me. natural i i've been a druid far longer than i've been a worgen so shape-shifting is much more natural for me no pun intended but um <laughs> it uh, it's something i've been doing most of my life so when when the uh, the curse took place there was the period of adjustment where we all went a little bit mad, but once we came back out through the other side of that, uh, it felt very natural to stay this way. Now, I think I would be remiss uh, in my discussion with you and for the benefit of, of our listeners. Um, so you have, obviously, memories of before the curse, mm-hmm. uh, and I, 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 I have to believe that was ter- terribly traumatic, terribly traumatic. Uh, for you and 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 everyone else, if you would feel comfortable talking about that, uh, what that experience, uh, you know, what that experience was like uh, to have been a normal. I, did this happen to you when you were younger? Uh, are these a young person's memories uh, of not too much the time so, before? About maybe ten years ago or so. Ah, I see. Okay. Uh, do you feel comfortable sharing? what that experience was like and, and what kind of adjustments obviously you had to make? Certainly. Yes. I mean, the, obviously the, 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 portions after the, uh, the, uh, the curse took hold when the, there's no memory during that, but after uh-huh. we regained control, then it became much easier to remember after that. So that, that middle part, no, I can't really talk too much about that because I don't remember it. No, but no memory at all, but at all. Not of that, no, but the, the, the moments leading up to it, yes. Um, I was returning home uh, from, 
you know, honestly, I can't remember where I was before that. But I suppose the intensity of the I would say the yes. moments that followed it, kind of wiped it. Doesn't surprise out. me at all. May have been yeah. fishing for all I remember. I did love fishing. Fish. Really? Yes, I love to fish. Wow. Oh, okay. Um. Anyway, I, I came home and uh, there were crazed worgen running all over the city. Um, I immediately. Now this was in Gilneas. Yes, correct. Uh-huh, uh-huh. And I, I ran uh, to my home. Uh, to my my father had long since passed. Um, oh, I'm sorry. Oh, that was years before. Um, oh, okay. When when the title of baronet was passed by His Majesty from my father to me, but again, long before. So, mm-hmm. um, I got home and discovered uh, my mother. Uh, had been attacked. Uh, one of our neighbors had managed to either drive off or draw off the worgen who had attacked her. I never saw that neighbor again, so I don't know if they um, made it out or not. Um, but uh, she was uh, savaged to put it as clinically as possible. Um, and uh, I, I, while I am fortunate to have been there at the end, uh, her, um, her last words to me were, uh, promise me you will always remember who you are. Now, oh. as, I, as I mentioned earlier, she was very much an aspiring socialite and always trying to step higher up in the the ranks of nobility and whatnot. Um, And so uh, our family history and what she believed my place in it should be was something that was very important to her. So she was, on the one hand, telling me that me, as I was then, the human Taman Longfellow was who I should be. She never really approved of my druid nature. But the other thing was that in her eyes, I was the baronet Taman Christoph Longfellow, and I should always remember that that is who I am. But... Oh. Taman, that's... My goodness, that was... um... That was very, very emotional. And thank you for being so candid about that. I, I, I can't even imagine what that experience must have been like for you. I, um, not something I would wish on very many people. I, no, I, I, I can, I can well imagine that. Um, so there you were, had lost your father earlier on, and then your mother, obviously, in a very tragic way, and you, mm-hmm. you're dealing with a, a a situation that I I can't even comprehend, uh, and uh, being struck by this curse, finding yourself in a situation uh, that, as I said, neither myself or, or any of our listeners can possibly imagine except for the worgen listeners of course quite possibly yes quite possibly uh did you did you have any other family or support system there for you to to help you through this this period 
Not, not exactly. The, the, the closest thing we had beyond our own family was those few families within our fiefdom, the, the four houses that I mentioned before. Um, uh-huh. So when I left uh, uh, my mother, I went to check and see if the families in those, those four houses were, were all right. Um, wow. Most of the, well, it was still my responsibility to watch out for them. That's um, amazing. And so it, that became the entirety of my focus. You know, the, the core of my existence was now making sure that the people of my fiefdom were all right. And they weren't. Uh, well, three of the, the families were not. One of them, there was uh, the father, Nicholas. He, was, uh, he had been killed. The rest of the family was not there. And I thought that uh, once I had heard, I believe it was... Uh, from His Highness Prince Liam, um, when uh, he had suggested that, that we need to move, we need to get out of here. I presumed that they had left by his direction to try to gather at a meeting place and then we would all meet up later. And, and But again, I never saw them again. So as far as I know, no, my entire... the <laughs> It is sort of a, a bit of bitter humor that oftentimes um, I am baronet of nothing. There, there, there is. There are no charges beneath me. There is. There, the, the homes are gone. the The land itself, I believe, is underwater right now, um, mm. because it wasn't just the attack from the Forsaken. It was also the shattering of the world. Um, yes, <laughs> causing a great bit of of uh, unnecessary hydration. That was <laughs> what what a colorful way to put uh, that. I, mm. I, I. I well, let me say this to you, uh, Taman, that while you may consider yourself a baronet of nothing, uh, from just our brief acquaintanceship, you are uh, you are royalty in terms of how you have hand- how you handled yourself in that situation, and how you obviously continue to handle yourself as uh as an officer in in your uh in your guild um uh, the great templars correct mm-hmm. correct yes and uh and and continuing to serve the gilnaeans by again that's what brought you to half hill right was uh, quite true well, looking I, for looking for supplies yes the my my list of charges as i suppose expanded somewhat um, though they are not specifically mine anymore. But it, it's not just the Grey Templar whom I serve. I am also ambassador to uh, the Alliance in its greater sense, um, it, most recently attempting to negotiate various treaties with with other races that have uh, recently joined. Really? Not the, by so- myself. I, had, I was a part of a, a greater team, but some involvement, yes. Is that right? Can can you share some of those uh, experiences with us? That must have been because uh, obviously uh, recent events in history here in Azeroth have seen uh, a change and a shift, and we're going to talk about that in in a little bit. Uh, but there there has been obviously uh, other uh, races joining the the factions, uh, and it sounds like you've been right in the middle of that. Can you can you share about that? Yes, there are. 
there are some successes, a great many ah. failures. Um, oh. <laughs> well, <clears throat> some voices within the Alliance did not want the Magar orcs to join us, but the intention was to get as many races to our side as possible. So, <coughs> what this turnip... <clears throat> Are you sure you don't want me to get, some, uh, yes, get you something from the bar? You. Are you are you sure? I'm quite positive. Oh, okay. All right. Good. <clears throat> okay. All right. Oh, that, okay. <clears throat> this, um, th- well, I was tasked to try to convince the orcs to come to our side, but there was really never much hope for that. But the, uh, the insistence that perhaps these, these Volpera, and while I will admit that they can be, on occasion, adorable, um, when they get upset, they make this horrible sound that is extremely high-pitched, and it is somewhat uncomfortable. Really? Yes. Uh, many people seem to refer to it simply as re, but it's about seven octaves above what I can reach. So... Um, <laughs> It's the sort of thing that sets your molars spinning in their sockets. It's really not a pleasant sound. <laughs> Aside from that, they seem to be a fairly honorable and incredibly resourceful people, which was part of the reason why it was my intention to get them to join the Alliance. But um, it seemed that the uh, the High Chieftain got there first, which, fair dues to him, he's an honorable person. So this, uh, so so, uh, as we have heard and re- and reported on here on the Half Hill Report, uh, the Vol- the Volpera did go over to the Horde, but you were you were out there actively trying to bring them bring them to the Alliance. It was the hope uh, with their fight against the Sethrak, the Snake People. Uh, it seemed that there might be some. Um, some chance of, of wooing them to our side. But ultimately, uh, they sided with, uh, with Bane and the, uh, and the Horde, but which in retrospect really isn't that much of a problem since the war is supposedly over, though some people seem to have not gotten that missive just yet. Now, this is going to lead us uh, into the the main part of our discussion, but I I have to ask, uh, I I would have thought that you would have been somewhat uniquely qualified to establish a rapport with the Volpera, if you take my meaning. The fact that we're both covered in fur? Well, um, (laughs) yes, yeah, I mean, but Pandarans are too. Um, I, how do I, how do I put this? I don't, I don't put want it bluntly. To it saves the yeah, most okay. time. You're, 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 you're both kind of, you know, Worgen, Volpera, Fox, Wolf. That seems to be. Some correlation. Up. A bit. Yes. Did not, and that, and that, that, that didn't pay off. Not very well. Well, not initially. No. Um, but was it the height difference? Was that there is a considerable the... height difference? That's true. Oh, there are there have been <laughs> there have been many cases where I have uh, been standing amidst a group of Volpera and someone asked me if these were my children. I'm like, no, no, oh, <laughs> oh, that's awkward. <laughs> yes, just a bit. 
Um, That's that. A tiny, tiny bit, yes. <laughs> um, well, that, you know, that is, uh, thank you for being so candid about, uh, about your history. Um, and, uh, and now I want to kind of lead us into the, to the main part of the discussion and a big part of the reason I wanted to have you here on the show. Now this is going to come, uh, we didn't really talk much about this before when I asked you to, to be on the show, mm-hmm. but when I heard, uh, okay, I misunderstood a little bit, um, <laughs> that you were a, as I said, at the, at the top of the show that you were a close personal friend of, uh, Gen Gray made. And it, it turns out that you're more what, uh, acquaintances, maybe a good way to put that, it. That would be better. Yes. But you know, each other, you could pick each other out in a crowd, basically. Well, I could you, certainly you, pick you, him out in a crowd. Definitely, you, yeah. Okay. Uh, and, and you're on what first name basis does he refer to you as he refers Baronet to and usually as Taman, but in more official capacities he re- sometimes refers to me as baronet even though it's not really that applicable more often than not it tends to be ambassador but i refer ah, to him okay, as your majesty because he's still a king yes yes and that that really leans us into uh you mentioned just a moment ago that the war, uh, at least the war between the Horde and the Alliance, is effectively over. Uh, and uh, the, it saw, uh, at least at its uh, the kind of the tipping point, or one of the tipping points, or, uh, or turning points, was the incident that happened at the gates of Orgrimmar, which, of course... Uh, his Highness uh, King Greymane was there. Were it were you there? Because it would be we've heard the stories here in Pandaria, and I've heard the stories, but it would be amazing to hear about that from a first-hand witness. Were were you there? I don't know whether to refer to it as being fortunate or unfortunate, but no, I was not there. I was actually um, off trying to influence races to join the alliance at the time. I see, I see. But of course, the, the the stories of the events that occurred there, and more specifically, uh, the the aftermath, uh, which saw a greater, an uh, effective uh, ending of the hostilities between the the horde and the alliance. Mm-hmm. Um, but you mentioned that, and I think very accurately so that the war is over, but not everyone seems to have gotten that message. Now, rumors have reached us here in Half Hill. Of course, we, we're a small town and we're a little out of the way. Uh, but, uh, in a, uh, you know, those goblins and their motorcycles going by <laughs> drives me crazy. I hope that wasn't Rijak. Um, the, um, the stories have reached us that... Ken Greymane is not entirely happy with the decisions that King Anduin has made in regards to his re- response to the Horde, uh, and that uh, that is it too strong to call it a rift? I mean, what is your perspective on this? Where do you where do you potentially see that whole situation going? Well. This is where the um, 
the function of an ambassador becomes somewhat tenuous. It is my job to pay equal heed to both sides and give them equal weight. As a member of the Gilnean military, per se, but certainly it's aristocracy, um, one would suppose that it is my responsibility to side with his majesty at all times. However, that is precluded by my function as an ambassador. Typically, when one goes to the table, I am not on either side, regardless of to which one I belong. It is my responsibility to achieve a balance, not a victory. Um, Both sides are going to get something, but not everyone is going to be truly, completely happy with what they walk away from, generally. Sometimes it works out that it does, and that's wonderful when it happens, but more often than not, everyone has to give up something. That said... Um, I recognize his majesty's anger and grief over the loss of his son. Yes. Um, we all, all of Gilneas, we all lost someone. Uh, and perhaps for me it is easier because death is the logical end to life. It's going to come for us all eventually. Um, So for me, it is sometimes easier to deal with that resolution and to get beyond it. It seems somehow, not to speak ill of his majesty, that this is much closer to an obsession. I do not know if Her Majesty and Her Highness feel the same. I have not spoken with either of them on the matter. But I would say that a rift is possibly a an extreme choice of terminology, but not necessarily inaccurate. So I'm going to put you on the spot here a little bit. Uh, if that were to occur... A rift. Which shot? Which yes. No. If, if Ken Greymane, if if he was to lead the Gilnans away from or personally split from King Anduin and the Alliance, where does Taman go? Hmm. That is a very convoluted question. Well, no, sorry. It's a very simple, straightforward question. It's a convoluted answer. Ah. Um, To whom do I bear greater fealty? To Gen Greymane or to the throne? Because the throne lasts a great deal longer than the person sitting upon it, typically. Ah. So when you, I want to interrupt you briefly. When mm-hmm. you're talking to the throne, are you talking of the? Are you talking about the throne that King Anduin sits upon, or are you talking about the the position that Gen Greymane holds? You specifically were referencing Gen, so that okay, was... good. I, I wanted to make sure. I wanted to make mm-hmm. sure I understood. Um, when one follows Gilneas, is it Gilneas the country and her people, or is it the man or woman who sits upon the throne? 
Ah. It is, uh, if, if Gen were to, as I believe the vernacular is, go rogue um, and try to, <clears throat> I don't know if he would try to pit the entirety of Gilneas, especially as she stands now, against that creature. Um, because I believe that his, his, shall we call it quest for vengeance, is not against the Horde. It is not against the Forsaken. It is simply against Sylvanas. Ah, that is my perspective. My perspective is that. I see. I don't. Where do you go ahead? Please, no, please go ahead. I, please I was going to say, I don't. I do not believe that His Majesty believes that Gilneas, as she stands currently, is capable of bringing Sylvanas down. So, so long as he is in his right mind, I don't believe that he would split off. However, if he did, where would I lean? That, to me, as much as I am loath to say it, is not in the best interest of Gilneas. And it is to my nation that I owe my fealty, to the throne, not specifically to the man. As soon as the man begins to behave in a way that is contrary to the good of the nation, then I must look towards the greater good of Gilneas as part of the alliance, and I will act as ambassador. Ah, so, so for you, it's not so much about Gengraymane. It's the Gilnean people and the Worgen and what is best for them as opposed to some sort of blind loyalty to a leader that were he to do this clearly is not acting in the best interest of his people. Correct. That is, that is so interesting. And I, I really, honestly, I had no idea where you were going to go with that answer. We didn't, we didn't talk about that at all. (laughs) Uh, and given what in our brief acquaintance, uh, what I have learned about you in terms of, what you described as your behavior during the uh, the horrible tragedy that occurred in Gilneas, that your first thought were was to the people that uh, that you had ruled over. What's what's the right phrase there? It's a baronet. What is the right? I don't. In the strict, we, we don't really have royalty in Pandaria anymore. So I apologize for not being familiar with the, the terminology. All, it's all right. Um, while technically that would be correct, um, we never presented it as such. Uh, they, it, it's, it's almost more like having a, well, to say a landlord, I guess. Um, but while I was their lord, and it was my responsibility to make sure that they were well bestowed and taken care of and that their interests were represented uh, in the uh, political structure of Gilneas, uh, there was never a sense of ruling over them per se. They were they were friends for the most part. I see. So 
so you you have made my point more beautifully than than I could have possibly that you are I, I see in you uh, the and and the way you have described yourself and your behavior and your ongoing behavior in terms of continuing to look after the uh, uh, the, the Gilnaeans through your activities mm-hmm. as uh, ambassador and in the Great Templars uh, that that you would expect the same of Gen Greymane or whoever holds that position. And ultimately, if they, I'll use a strong word, maybe too strong, betrayed that, that trust and that, uh, and that agreement that, uh, that you would almost be forced to break loyalty with that individual and, and side on the side of the alliance and King Anduin or whoever the king was. Correct. Interesting. Is that a hard choice for you? Very. What what is what what makes it hard? He's taken very good care of us, not just from the breaking of the of the wall, but from before the wall was even built. He sacrificed a, a great deal to see that his people were very well taken care of. And so Yes, that makes it a very difficult decision indeed. Uh, there is no question of my loyalty to the man unless he stops acting in the interest of Gilneas. So that's ultimately where your where your loyalties lie are with the people of Gilneas, and because the alliance presents the best hope for them, that is where your loyalties would go. Ultimately, yes. Do you think that's shared broadly uh, across the, the across the community? Is that do you feel like you're unique in that position, or do you think that that's a broadly held feeling uh, across most Gilneans? I oh, across most Gilneans. Well, yes. um, if it were just us, I would say no. That the Gilneans would feel very singled out in a lot of ways. They would feel very. Um, they would feel a bit like a stone around the neck of the Alliance. However, there are far more than simply Gilnean refugees in Stormwind. There are three nations worth of refugees in there now. With the <clears throat> burning of the tree, yes, there are uh, far more homeless people um, within the capital city. That is true. That is true. And we've, we've touched on that quite often. And even most recently here with the incidents, uh, with the, the black empire and, uh, the old God Nazoth and what has happened right here in Pandaria. It's what it's th- this, this driving out of people, um, due to an invasion and these refugees that we find here in the Valley of the Four Winds, it, it's brought what brought you and I together and what made this made this uh, this interview possible. So you feel like uh, that the majority of Gilnans uh, would not necessarily feel the same way that you do or, or that they would. I, I'm sorry, I want to make sure I understood your answer. <laughs> yeah, I believe that they would not see themselves as, that's the wrong way to phrase it, there is a greater sense of community. Uh, 
They are not an outlying, you know, I see ragtag group of people who are, you know, uh, leeching resources. They are one among several groups of refugees. And in that there is a sense of community, a sense of we are not the only ones who are suffering this situation. And I see. in that there can be a sense of communal belonging, as it were. You mentioned the burning of Teldrassil. Uh, obviously, uh, one of the most tragic events uh, that certainly I can remember in my lifetime. Where were you when that happened and what was your experience? How did that affect you? And, and the reason I'm asking the question is obviously because uh, it has driven so much of what has happened here in Azeroth over the last several years. Um, and obviously uh, it is what has pitted almost all of Azeroth uh, in opposition to War Chief uh, Windrunner, where were you? What 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 personal effect did that event have on you? I was actually in Northrend at the time. I see. Uh, I was hoping to acquire some resources from uh, Grizzly Hills, uh, specifically lumber. Um, to aid in the rebuilding of Gilneas. Mm -hmm. uh, at the time, there wasn't... Uh, while there was an ample supply of wood, there really wasn't much of a way to get it to the Eastern Kingdoms. But ah, I see. I, I, I've since resolved that issue, but that's a different topic altogether. Um, but it was not until I'd returned that I was told what had happened. And... Uh, Perhaps it is a bit more, um, a bit more impactful for a druid than it might be for others. Ah, uh, I see. But um, I tried to uh, uh, keep myself from falling into a spiraling well of despair uh, by remembering that there is another tree that we have one in Hygel that we yes. can. That we can we can look to turn to for uh, whatever we may need, um, but that was quite quite devastating to return to Stormwind and see such a drastic increase in the number of night elves. Not that their presence is ever unwelcome, but to see that many was. Uh, somewhat startling and then to learn why was far worse so the ultimate impact to you on a on a personal level was uh the loss of obviously something very very important to druidic culture um but also the the impact uh the impact on uh, the night elves uh and obviously the tremendous loss of life there but those that were successfully evacuated now find themselves in somewhat of a similar situation to the Gilneans after, uh, after the, uh, at the time of the curse. And our third home, because when we left Gilneas, our sanctuary was Teldrassil, and then that was taken from us as well. 
I, I, and, and you've been so wonderfully candid and open. Did, did you lose anybody personally in that incident? Probably. Ah, uh, I see. I see. Well, I'm terribly regretful of the, of the personal impact that that had upon you. So we've covered the, the, the primary topic that I wanted to get at, that I was ultimately most curious about, uh, to hear, uh, to hear from a member of, uh, Gilnean royalty and a member and a close personal friend of Gen Greymane. I, I know neither of those things turned out mm-hmm. to be ultimately mm-hmm. true, but I've gotten past that. Okay. Uh, and, uh, and it's been absolutely fascinating to hear your perspective. So with the war over, uh, or ostensibly over, uh, and, uh, now just the, the ongoing fighting with the, uh, with the, with the black empire, by the way, I don't know if you've heard this same rumor that I have. Have you heard the rumors that Nazoth has actually been dead for quite some time that an elite group of heroes, uh, has had actually killed him a while ago and nobody's actually sure who they're really fighting now. Have you heard that same rumor? When it comes to some of the more recent developments, I have not had much chance to keep up with it. Uh, I have heard the name Nazoth several times. I see, I see. Uh, I have seen some members of the uh, both the Alliance and the Horde in my dealings with both sides that um, that seem to be under some sort of influence of... Uh, a darker sort of entity, such as it is. I see. Uh, but okay. uh, I don't know all that much about it myself. Okay. So obviously your focus has been on uh, on your activities uh, with the Grey Templars and your emphasis and focus on the rebuilding of uh, Gilneas, which is incredibly uh, admirable. And really, as, as I said, while you're not technically royalty, uh, you, it certainly... It's you're certainly a royal to me. Um, the uh, but so as I said, with the war ostensibly over, and um, with the hopeful near term ultimate defeat of the of the Black Empire, and whether Nazoth is actually still alive or not, I, I I don't know. People are talking. I hear things. Um, what what next for Baronet Taman Kristoff Longfellow? What what does the future? hold for you? Well, once the um, Ghanaian refugees, uh, well, let's let's look to the, a little bit farther forward. Once Ghanaius is reclaimed and our, uh, our people can return home and begin rebuilding, reclaiming their lives, after that, uh, then mm, I suspect that uh, I don't know. Nice long fishing trip, maybe? That would be lovely. You mentioned you're a fisherman. Uh, You know, we have some great fishing right here in Pandaria. You know, there there is, you know what, if you want after the show, you know, I can scare up a couple of, do you travel with your own gear or I can scare up some gear? There's a wonderful little river that runs right by here, right by Hatfield. Go down. 
wet a line, enjoy each other's company a little further, if you're interested. I could definitely do that. I don't typically travel with my fishing pole unless I think I'm going to need it. I mean, if I'm going fishing, yes, obviously I take it with me. Well, I can certainly see if we can uh, scare up uh, a rig for you, and that would that would make me very happy. So right now, your focus is uh, as it as it should be, and very admirably so, is the rebuilding of uh, of Gilneas and the and the resettling of the Gilnean people there, and then uh, and then who knows, maybe a nice long vacation uh, and and doing some nice fishing without uh, throughout Azeroth. I should like to fish in Mulgore as well. Oh, really? What's the attraction there? Well, for one, there are many Torin who are druids, and so we have we we share a kinship in that sense. Um, but I also wonder, it's very beautiful. I've flown over it, uh, but I haven't spent much time near Stone Bull Lake, but I think it's uh, a very beautiful place, and I would love to see it uh, in a more relaxed capacity. Wonderful, wonderful. I just have... Uh, one final question. I've been, I have been dying to ask a worgen this question. Um, top hats. What, what, what's the attraction? What, no. what is that? What is that about? For me, there isn't one. Um, <laughs> it's ah. Uh, so you're not, you're not a, a top hat wearing type yourself. Not really. No, I tend, aside from when I'm wearing my arbiter's robes, if I'm performing a specific ambassadorial or emissarial function, then I will wear my robes. Aside from that, I have a crumpled fishing hat that is much more comfortable than any top hat could ever be. So so you're not you're not in line with the whole you know, top hats for, for Worgen's thing. That that's just not your thing at all. Not my thing, no, but there are some who can pull off the look very, very well. Yeah, I don't, I don't get it. They don't look comfortable. They don't look functional. I've never really understood it, and I was so excited to ask a, a, a you know, a worgen, what is it with the top hats? But I tend to agree with you. I, it sounds like a fishing hat would be quite a bit more comfortable. Oh yes, Taman, I can't thank you enough for being here on the Half Hill Report. Uh, this has been such an honor and such a pleasure. Uh, I certainly hope your mission here in Half Hill is successful, and uh, I look forward to seeing you here again. Uh, maybe we'll uh, hopefully have another opportunity to have you in studio. Oh, that would be lovely. Taman, uh, I, I would ask uh, one more thing of you. We have a little saying here uh, on the on the Half Hill Report that uh, was coined uh, upon the interview of another guest, the peon. Uh, Listeners may remember that interview. And the saying is, make your own turnip. And what that really means, uh, it can mean different things to different people, but what it really means is do your own thing. Uh, You know, take charge of your own life. Do do what makes you happy. Uh, So if you wouldn't mind closing out the show uh, to uh, inviting our listeners to make their own turnip. I could certainly do that and would be delighted to do so. Thank you. For those of you out there who have been listening to this drivel and have survived the entire process, let me further encourage you to go forth and make your own turnip. Thank you, Taman. Thanks, everybody. (laughs) Hey there, folks. Tashmafuni here. And Professor Talib and I want to thank the wonderfully talented Trendane Sparks 
for bringing his talent and his time to portray Taman on the show. Trendane is a guild officer of the South Sea Free Company and the Grey Templars on Wormrest Accord, and you can find him on Twitter at Trendane. You can also hear his wonderful talents as an audiobook narrator on the book Never Deal with a Dragon, book one of the Secrets of Power trilogy, available soon on audible.com. He also recently did a narration of a comedy horror story for Drabblecast titled Full Moon Group, and you'll be able to find that at drabblecast.org very soon. Thanks for listening, and remember, free Pandaria. The Half-Hill Report is a fan-created fictional radio broadcast based on World of Warcraft. All place names, character names, and music from World of Warcraft used in the Half-Hill Report are the exclusive property of Blizzard Entertainment. World of Warcraft is a trademark or registered trademark of Blizzard Entertainment, Inc. in the U.S. and other countries. No copyright or trademark infringement is intended by the Half-Hill Report. If you would like to reach us, you can find us on Twitter at Half Hill Report or drop us an email at halfhillreport at yahoo.com. This show is brought to you by Dragon Powered Studio. Find more at dragonpoweredstudio.com.